Welcome to Naked Wisdom, the podcast dedicated to harvesting wisdom from the intersection of Buddhism, kink, science, and ritual as human emotional technology. I'm your host, Ruth Ryan. Um, I'm a, a lifelong Buddhist. I've been a Buddhist for 23 years. I've got three science degrees. I'm a mother of two teenagers. I'm a ritual facilitator for group uh, grief processing. Um, and I'm a kingster. Uh, yeah. This is episode two in a series called the Mindstream Model, which is a uh, the first series of um, me uh, trying to harvest from my years of Buddhism and science education and practice my personal practice to uh, to try and help you. And I, I want to help you to deal with how difficult it is to be human Uh, and especially at this time in history when our human lineage is fractured to the point of being almost completely unsupporting of you in the process of learning how to be human in a good way it's really fucking hard to be human um yeah that bug sums it up. So anything that can help is helpful. So yeah, I'm hoping to be helpful for you in this moment in time. And I also spoke in episode one about how um, deeply customizable and individual everyone's mind stream is. My mind stream is not your mind stream and that's okay. Um, so how I operate is, what helps me the rituals I have, the practices I have, the ways that I can connect to the the great systems of my mind um, are going to be very different to yours. Uh, It's not, we're not running completely different systems in the sense that your hardware and your mind are based in the same kind of structures um, in our bodies and our performing of being human is based on the same kind of uh, impulses and stressors and threats and drives. Um, we are all following the same design as people. and um, There's an essential connectedness. You and I are both the same and completely different. So I think there's ground for being able to offer um, some universal uh, wisdom based on my own experience of uh, my own interpretations of the teachings I've been very fortunate to have in this lifetime um, and my own uh, experiences of trauma which have given me grounding for empathy and compassion for others. Um, I'm in the northwest of Scotland right now as southwesterly gale is just blowing in off the Atlantic. So if you can hear that in the background, that is the noise of the rain hitting the glass door. And the wind is blowing through some of the cracks in this small wooden hut that I'm sitting in on the side of a hill in the middle of nowhere. I'm deeply aware that I am known of consequence. Uh, If you look me up online, you're not going to be able to vet me very easily. Um, my credentials for being able to speak with authority on these subjects is, um, uh, yeah, they're, they're almost impossible to provide. 
Um, so definitely hear me saying that I don't have, I'm not an official, um, I'm not a certified therapist. I'm not, uh, I'm not a, a mental health professional in that sense. Um, I have no, you know, magical standing in any Buddhist community. Um, uh, with, uh, you know, I have no titles, I have no, I have no social credit in that sense. But I have people who would vouch for, who would vouch for me, yeah, for sure. So whatever I say, uh, uh, take what feels useful for you and relevant for you. And um, if you do, if I do give any kind of information or practices that you feel like you would like to try or... Um, the shape of them move deeply in your mind that you may also um it may change your mind in some way then uh yeah look it up like do more research than what i than taking me at face value um and if anything doesn't feel right for you at this time just leave it um definitely engage with the content of this podcast consensually and congruently so make sure that you're in capacity to um, be engaging with these types of subjects because um, it may be destabilizing to talk about to kind of put energy into uh, tracking your own mind stream energy follows focus so if you're focusing on um, the shape of how your system is working you may end up connecting with things that you're not in capacity to deal with today so you can put it on the shelf And you're the expert on you, so, yeah. And that leads into kind of what this episode two is about. You're the expert on you. Nobody, absolutely nobody, um, will know you better than you do. Um, in Buddhism, there's a very famous uh, phrase that's attributed to the, to the Buddha, the original historical Buddha, as... Um, the phrase is, you are your own principal witness. And it comes with the teaching story of, if you, uh, the Buddha is said to have said, if you see me on the road, kill me. Which sounds really like an odd statement. Um, but the gist of that is, is that nobody's judgment should um, inherently be above your own wisdom, your own lived experience of yourself. Um, like basically nobody is able to assess your motivations, your intentions, your actions. Nobody's able to track your mind stream for you um, as well as you could do it yourself. Um, if you are mindfully present and aware of yourself, then you are the best judge of your own mind stream. If for any reason you're out of capacity and... Um, the causes and conditions of what's going on for you right now mean that you you need a level of external um, anchoring. Um, that's also fine. That's also fine. But even if you are receiving this kind of external anchoring from a healthcare professional or a caregiver or a partner, um, they still won't be able to know your lived experience which is both liberating and deeply, deeply lonely. <laughs> D 
deeply um, threatening in some way. It's that knowledge of our individuality um, has creates some kind of cognitive dissonance, dissonance with uh, the knowledge of our interdependent connectivity. Um, so these two realities exist side by side or enmeshed uh, together. And possibly a lot of my practices around the space between these two realities. So what I want to talk about today is how these two realities contribute to either being of benefit or causing harm to ourselves and to others. And particularly around the expression validation, how we validate ourselves, um, how we validate others, how we estimate the validation that others provide us, validating our self-efficacy and how that interacts with our mind, um, our mind stream. I'm going to just go through the mindstream model basics. Um, there should be a visual map of this on uh, the show notes. Um, if not on the platform you're listening to this podcast on, then head to nakedwisdom.org um, where at some point I'll in the next, either it's there now or will be there soon, there should be a series of diagrams um, breaking down the mindstream model a bit more visually. Um, a bit more visually, <laughs> actually visually, rather than uh, with audio. So um, the basic mindstream model, um, in episode one I said I'm not, I'm not going to delve into that eternal debate about what is mind, the origination of it. I'm just going to start from the general lived experience of us all. We are humans, we have a human mindstream. Um, there are sensory consciousnesses, uh, sight, hearing, taste, touch, uh, smell, um, movement, the interior reception. Uh, there's also thought consciousnesses of like uh, associative thinking, um, uh, attention, the energy of attention. Um, there's the um, Okay, so there's the mind stream. Let, let me just, before I go over myself, I'm not great at this kind of thinking, by the way, or talking, just because I don't think in words. So I am trying to, this is my first time trying to set out um, these concepts as a teaching model. So it's crap, basically. I will get better. <laughs> this is draft one, so bear with me. <clears throat> but um, so you have the mind stream, all of us, uh, which includes our physical, tangible reality and what's going on in our heads, um, interacting with the tangible world. So we're going to call the tangible world the context. The context is uh, the present moment, um, the space-time continuum, basically, the present moment existing with all of the past experiences you've ever had or that are available to you from your cultural experience um, moving forward into the future in time so we are also aware of the, p 
the field of potentiality, which is a quantum physics term. So the potential possibilities of what may happen. So the point of choice, the moment in which we exist, um, we are existing in the kind of like the the, the funnel part of a, an hourglass where the past is behind us, the potentialities of the future are ahead of us. And um, the moment of choice is completely de uh, determined by the causes and conditions that our mind finds itself in. Um, as well as the amount of awareness and access to our own agency that we have and the amount of discernment and integrity and alignment with um, our internal validation that our agency has. So how kind of co-opted we are by our socialization system, basically. How aware are we? How how much of our mind just runs on loops and um, habituation and uh, um, reflexes and instinct and how much of it is in our conscious control, our, our conscious will, basically. So a lot, most Buddhist practice is around this process of enlightenment, um, bringing our mind stream into conscious awareness, uh, access to attentional energy, availability of all choice, all choices being uh, subject to our will, our agency. So inner tracking, when I use the word inner tracking, you're basically looking for the edges of what am I aware of and what am I not aware of, whereas where are the boundaries of consciousness in my own mind stream? Um, how many habits have you got just rolling loops? Um, how much of what you're perceiving with your sensory consciousnesses are just uploading old data files and how much of it is actual live processing? Surprisingly, a lot, this is a surprising amount of what we think we are looking at is actually just old data files rolling. Um, I won't go to that right now. I've kind of lost the thread of what I'm saying, to be honest. Oh yeah, so we are performing human. We're performing being people. We're, 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 we're all people existing in this tangible reality. Our tangible reality is part of the space-time continuum where we are uh, matter moving in space and time. And we are, uh, as beings, we are humans, homo sapiens. Our species, the bio-design of our species, is to be an interdependent, intergenerational, pro-social, cooperative species. So that whole kind of Darwinian survival of the fittest, the survival of the fittest version for humans is to be capable of... Um, pro-social behavior, uh, cooperation, and um, co-regulation. So we are designed to live with other humans uh, biologically. We're designed to interact with other humans 
most of our higher processing functions in the brain are involved in social interactions and social communication between other humans. Um, yeah. And that's what makes it really fucking hard to be human, to be honest. Because our brains are continually um, looking for external cues on what is uh, I was going to say socially acceptable basically our socialization system is very strong in our brains and it's very strong in our brains for the reasons of survival to keep us in group to keep us accept accepted in group um, so that we don't fall prey to the threats that we would have been um, subject to had we been uh, rejected by our social group back in the day when we were uh, less technologically focused. So we would have had uh, a very difficult time providing ourselves with enough resources to survive um, had we been rejected from our social group. Um, and we wouldn't have, so we wouldn't have had as much access to resources or social standing, um, and we would have been subject to, you know, predators, and if anything had happened to us, if we'd gotten sick, or um, uh, had a baby, or had any kind of life event which made us less able-bodied um, or um, minded, we would not have been cared for by other members of our species if we had been rejected. Okay, I'm rambling a bit, but the point of that is is that our socialization system is incredibly strong, incredibly influential in the mind stream, and it has a biological kind of evolutionary basis for that. Um, the evolutionary basis for us being a interdependent, intergenerational, pro-social cooperative species is because our offspring, our children, take so fucking much energy and so much time to mature to adulthood where they can become um, self-actualized, independent, functioning beings. Um, that is actually more than a individual human can do successfully. Um, so yeah, so the current status of our human lineage culture are, are passing down of this um, ideal optimized way of being human um, it's actually not very common so the conditions of optimum human lineage are not very common anymore so right now it's exceptionally hard it's hard to be human anyway and right now it's exceptionally hard to be human because our culture our society, our social structures, our threats are so outside of the optimum right now um, that it makes it really difficult. Let's unpack the word validation. It gets used an awful lot. It's weaponized. It's also, you know, that kind of word where we use it, we maybe resonate with it, it seems really valid, <laughs> but what does it actually mean? Like valid to who, for who, by who, 
What's the purpose? Like, what's the benefit of validation? Um, and if we look at the mind stream, you know, the mind stream map, um, and you look at uh, the two two great systems in the map, the content management system, um, how we categorize external information coming into our mind from the sensory consciousnesses, uh, how we deal with associated thinking coming up to meet these bits of data coming in, how the three great motors of the mind um, filter this information through the threat system, the attachment system, the drive system, and how uh, our content management system then um, produces uh, categories of aversion, attachment, indifference, uh, threat signaling, how all that feeds into the other great system of the mind, which is uh, willpower, the arc of the will, agency, how we take all this information and um, create uh, movements of motivation and intentions and uh, the choice, the choice we make, which is that crystalline moment of um, applying our will to the um, present moment assessment of the content of our mind, aiming our will and making a choice, bringing it into action. Um, and then that's how we, that's how we interact with the, the tangible reality we find ourselves in. That's the process of performing human, you know, performing being a person. And because performing human, being a person, um, has its own self-integrity, we can validate ourselves, we can see the process of making these choices, we can see the outcomes of our choices, we can take the feedback from the outcome of our choices, uh, we take that information back through our sensory consciousness, we assess it again through our content management system, we can we can discern uh, the impact that our intention has had, and then we can process that and we can integrate it as another piece of information um, to feedback, to self-assess, to track ourselves, to inner track. And then we can have continuous iterations of making choices um, to uh, achieve the outcomes and the impact and the intentions that we we set out. So there is um, a self-integrity to this system, mm, but that's not uh, to become self in self-processing, self-validating is often called actualization. So moving from our initial state as infants and er early childhood through adolescence into adulthood where you continuously um, uh, integrate the systems of validation, the operation of the threat system. These systems come back into your own agency rather than externally referencing. And when we're kids, we look to our caregivers to um, help us assess threats, you know, 
classically that's hot you know or don't jump on the road all that kind of stuff really obvious stuff but as it gets uh, as we move into adulthood um all of these systems are expected to be actualized there's a there's a whole other more refined level of actualizing our socialization system or bringing our socialization system in line with prime directive integrity and so we need to do a whole process of unlearning and realignment of um, cultural socialization. It's a bit wordy. <laughs> it's basically taking out the brainwashing, you know, taking out the programming around cultural uh, responses. Um, and a lot of Buddhist practice is scaffolding your agency in order to do this unlearning process. Um, so that you can make sure that all of your choices are from a basis of compassion and wisdom and not um, avoidance of social rejection threat or um, need or attachment to validation of a chosen identity. Um, so understanding how validation works is really important because there's no way to dismantle the socialization system um, or really get into the dashboard of the threat system or really regenerate and repair your attachment system or kind of be able to regulate your drives unless you understand how the uh, the kind of uh, magnet magnetic force of of validation works like why are we so fucking addicted to validation and what purpose does it serve um because we are we are hardwired for it so because we are hardwired for external uh validation of our self-efficacy of like our performance of being human um we require an audience really we are hardwired to have this call and response and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no that's that's morally neutral. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it it does create a massive amount of vulnerability to having our agency and our identity co-opted by culture, um, poor role modeling, like bad role models, like dodgy friends, basically, uh, you know, toxic culture, toxic family environments. Um, and we tend, and because we're we mimic, you know, we tend to recreate, and le we learn so effectively because we recreate the agency of other people. We're able to receive the shapes of other people's choices into our mind stream, and then recreate them or do a best guess at recreating them. We are very, very, very fucking unbelievably susceptible to the. The, um, the shapes, the agency, the choices of other people, um, especially people we consider to be um, uh, like influencers of like culture, like we people we consider to be higher in the cultural hierarchy than we are based on our self-identity. Um, we often give up the... Uh, power of validation to those people so we often attribute more 
power in our mind stream to an external source of validation rather than an internal source of validation. And we often do that habitually and without conscious awareness. So we moderate our choices and behaviors in order to align with an external source of validation, like a trusted friend or a, you know, in in a healthy way, it could be a trusted teacher, trusted friend, trusted adult, trusted caregiver, um, people who are vetted and demonstrate that they're worthy of being uh, followed. But more often than not, it's a dodgy source. <laughs> like, you know, you you end up, it's some kind of type of um, social credit that doesn't have much merit. So it's an appearance or the male gaze or patriarchy or capitalist ideals uh, of, pay, of productivity or success or some racial um, su- white supremacy, some bullshit system that is inherently viral and inherently toxic can start to, to, to set the validation metrics in your mind. And it's extremely um, difficult to interrogate that and to really see how it's playing out in your choices. And it's extremely fucking important that you do do that because there's no way of aligning with the integrity of prime directives to cause no harm and be of benefit unless you're able to um, bring the discernment. Wisdom is being able to make sure that your choices are aligned with these integrity, these, the integrity of, of this prime directive and all these different values you may have coming from that and to make sure that you're judging your choices based on that and not some external metric that may be based in some bullshit. So in order to work with the validation system of your mind, how to um, dismantle socialization that you no longer want to consent to, so some things that you were maybe raised in or indoctrinated into, um, and how to align a validation as much as possible with either trusted and vetted external validation sources, so people or <coughs> organizations or religious practices or... Um, you know, whatever is meaningful for you, but that they are, uh, they have integrity and they can be trusted. And you can anchor your agency to trusted external sources. Uh, that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. That's what we're designed for. That's part of co-regulation and anchoring ourselves. Because, you know, no matter how uh, badass we are, there's loads of situations in life where we we... We fall out of capacity. Um, so it is good to have a set of external anchors and external validation, which helps to regulate your mind stream when you're out of capacity and when you're in life, kind of growth edge learning, where there's a lot of uncertainty. So yeah, it's good to interrogate your external sources. It's good to train in um, your internal validation. So like, um, some of the kind of practices of that might seem cheesy, but um, it's actually very powerful to have a regular self-validation practice. So like taking time to 
and purposefully notice the things that you're doing that you appreciate and the efforts that you're making and um, the intentions that you have, like cultivate the motivation to validate yourself, cultivate the intentions, choose to make space for yourself. Um, we have a very strong uh, tendency to have an inner critic. You know, our, we're hardwired for a negativity bias so that the things that are threatening have a louder volume, a default louder volume in our mind stream um, in case they're a threat, you know, it's a biofunction. But it means that that transfers into all social interactions. So things that may be a social rejection threat are louder in our mind than uh, things that might be a validation source. So it's good to intentionally turn the volume up on validation um, that you give yourself and that you're able to hear from other people. Going along with that intentional validation of yourself and your self-efficacy and the choices and your chosen self-identity, um, it's also really helpful and powerful to intentionally validate others so that you genuinely bring kind of authentic appreciation in your relationships like you know give specific praise like notice the efforts people make um go out of your way to understand this chosen self-identity of the people you're in relationship with and um you know take care not to invalidate that and um, don't presume uh that your relationship intimacy gives you consent to, you know, tease or joke or undermine people. Because you can never really, I mean, I'm Irish, like, that's a very cultural thing to do. But there's a skillful means around that. So be aware of the capacity of the person you're with for um, how they need to be uh, met in that moment. And it's important. And just, you know, I think we can all default to the reality that the majority of humans right this minute are in a state of chronic invalidation. And the results of chronic invalidation is um, like diminished self-efficacy, diminished agency. But also um, when, it, when it's at a high level, it's um, the trauma response to invalidation is often rage you know and rage is an incredibly tricky emotion to store in the body and to process because it feels quite overwhelming and often unsafe so i see what i'm seeing a lot now is the type of cultures that are baselining in threat system responses and stored rage from invalidation and um, highly threatening uh, socialization around gender roles and identities. Um, yeah, so validation goes down the line of validating chosen self-identity and validation of agency self-efficacy. So these two things are important um, in order to feel um, that you have confidence in how your mindstream is operating, you as the mindstream handler, you, the point of focus in this present moment, 
your the inten- attentional energy um, coming from awareness into this system. And all of these variables are happening. It's really fucking overwhelming even to think about it. But you and so because it's overwhelming, it's it's really easy to move into habits and patterns and addictions and distractions and uh, kind of um, more rigidly held identities that offer safety and groups. I mean, we kind of think about how how can this group of people believe this thing or how can anyone do that uh, just because someone else is doing it? But that safety of feeling in group, feeling validated, feeling like you belong is necessary. And if it's not available in a healthy way, because we have systematically dismantled healthy, pro-social, intergenerational, interdependent, um, cooperative culture, and we've replaced it with uh, toxic patriarchy, white supremacy and capitalism as like <laughs> the main agents. Um, we're all in a chronic state of dysregulation and it's it's not an excuse for people being assholes, but it's understandable that the difficulty of being, being human is now in a setting, in a context that is almost unsupportable. So we're, it's a kind of a crisis time. And this crisis time in the pandemic, um, I think, is so extreme that we have an opportunity to reset, like have a cultural upgrade. Um, and as we move out of the pandemic in the next year or so, hopefully, um, that we have a chance to re-establish healthy, cooperative culture that supports us to be human in a good way and validates our chosen self-identities and our self-efficacy and also help helps us to become actualized where we're aligned in our choices with our core values and that our core values are based on self-chosen values that um, yeah, feel right for us and have meaning for us uh, and not socialized values that maybe don't serve us in the long term. So yeah, <laughs> it's tricky <laughs> and it's hard and really tend yourself from that because that's exhausting. And I'm hoping that over the course of this series on the Mindstream, um, I can give you some top tips from what I've learned and point you in the direction of other resources that I've benefited greatly from um, learning learning from, reading and training in different systems. So yeah, until next time, um, go well. <laughs>